All right, you guys, it's another episode of America's Hometown Horror, and tonight's episode is again sponsored by Clark's. Clark's story, in case you haven't heard it, began almost 200 years ago uh, when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper out of sheepskin. At the time they made this, it was groundbreaking. It was a combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are what set Clark's apart. America's Hometown Horror is teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off on select items, including the iconic iconic, including the iconic Clark's Desert Boot, which I myself own and I wear frequently. I love them. Uh, and you can get that discount by going to podgo.co slash Clark's. That's podgo.co slash Clark's. Podgo and America's Hometown Horror teaming up to bring you fine listeners a discount. How about that? (laughs) What is up, folks? What is going on? How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing tonight? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike. And of course, I don't do this alone. I am joined by a couple co-hosts in our studio today. And as always, that would be Andrew and Kat. What's Hello. going on, guys? Oh, what's up, Michael? How are you? Happy podcast day. Happy podcast day. Yes. Spring is sprung. Again. The spring has sprung again. Yes. Yes. What was Sunday, first day of spring? Uh, Monday? Sunday, I, th- I think. I think. The 21st. Me thinks. I'm not... Uh, was it Saturday? No. Yeah, it was 21st solstice. Yeah, not a, not 100% solstice, sure. which is. But the, uh, the the I guess the main thing is that spring has sprung yet again, and uh, the weather is getting warmer. We are uh, seeming to be out of winter, which is great. And as always, we talk about the weather at the beginning of every podcast, but we're not doing a weather podcast. We are in fact doing a horror movie podcast tonight. No, I Why, thought to, this was weather. You want to talk about weather? We could talk about desert weather in this podcast, potentially. We talk about 120 Clark's degrees. Desert, desert boots. Clark's Desert Boots, exactly. Sponsor of the show, friend of the show, Clark's. Awesome, awesome British shoes. But, uh, yeah, we're back for another episode, and we're so happy that you are here. And if you are a constant listener, as always, thank you so much for your support. Bless you, Otis. So what's been going on, you guys? I know we uh, we did Grabba's last week for Grabbers. our St. Patrick's Day episode, which was a very fun episode to do. That was a lot of uh, a lot of fun to record and talk about. A little hidden gem that I think not a lot of people know about. So yeah. hopefully people have uh, checked that movie out since we last recorded. I hope so because it was a pretty it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I think solid, so. very yeah. solid. Yeah, I mean movie. none of us had seen it before, so it was kind of nice to great, have something. Great fresh. movie out of nowhere that you yeah. we found. Yeah, I had I had, I had I had almost like zero expectations watching it think it was going to be like one of those movies like Killer Sofa, which you have been uh, trying um, to get us to cover on an episode forever, and I, I thought it was actually bash really, that really good. Until we watch it, because who knows? True. I mean, it could just be like a unexpected gem. Andrew Byers, big proponent of Killer Sofa, the movie. <laughs> I just really liked the trailer. I thought the trailer was amazing. Oh, well, we so. still could do that. We will do it. Can That's you can you point. can you break down the plot of this movie for us? Is essentially a, a sofa that eats people. Yeah, well, it's a possessed sofa. Ah. Gotcha. <laughs> that eats people. Okay. Or kills people. Fair enough. I'm pretty sure that's the essence of that movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm interested to see how they get into it. How was the couch or the sofa possessed? Right. What caused it? And I want to get into, like, how it actually eats people. Because it is just a sofa. Okay. Does it, like, fold up completely? Like Maybe an alligator? Maybe it has teeth. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or 
does it just kind of push people off balconies? Because that's one of the scenes too. Ooh. You see it kind of push it pushes okay. someone off a balcony. I think so. I'm pretty sure I saw it pushing somebody. So it can fit through the slider door because that's really I, hard for coaches. Yeah, to fit maybe it's slider. a double wide slider. <laughs> Get that extra girth for the sofa to fit right girth. in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Me. Very nice. All right. Cool. So uh, before we jump into our news. Anyone watch anything cool over the last week since we recorded? Andrew, anything to report on? Nothing new. I yeah, I don't want to really have a lot anything. either. I don't think I no. We did finish that stupid "Tell Me Your Secrets" show on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, and it was underwhelming. Stupid, I yeah. was not a fan. Yeah, it was say, okay. It was uh, like you know, skip it. It wasn't an absolute total waste of time, but I would say it, it clearly is borrowing from shows like True Detective and. You know, other shows like that. I, we talked about it on the last episode, but essentially it's a crime story that takes place in Louisiana. So it's got, like, that voodoo kind of imagery to it a little bit. But uh, obviously True Detective has set the standard for that type of uh, cosmic horror true crime type thing. I also started that Behind Her Eyes thing. Yeah, so we started that. Too. So why don't you talk, talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like this could kind of fall into the category of what we talk about on this show. It- what? I'm sorry, that just reminded me of a movie that we should do on the podcast. Okay. Starry Eyes. Oh, Starry Yeah, Starry Eyes is good. That's all. It's a weird movie. No, yeah, I, it's weird. I, um, very good, though. I was looking for stuff to watch on Netflix, and this kept popping up for some reason. So um, I started it, and I told Mike about it, and then he's like, how far did you get? Can I start watching it with you? <laughs> so, um, no, it's. Um, it, I still am trying to figure out what's really going on, and that's kind of the whole point of it is to try and Sounds like my out. life. Yeah, what's going on? So it's like this psychologist who's married to this woman who apparently was in like a mental hospital and he's having an affair with someone and like you're just trying to figure out the background story the whole time. It's kind of dark though because there's a lot of just weird like Sounds dark. Pills, drug related stuff, but also like so they, the wife and the, actually the woman that he's having an affair with and the wife start bonding over having nightmares and, like, how to escape your nightmares through a door. They should probably listen to our podcast because we did a whole podcast on nightmares. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. We that's what Maybe I'm we could have helped them. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of where I was like, Idiots. oh, and I, you know, I get the whole nightmare thing. So I was kind of, I, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it, it's interesting for me so far. I haven't gotten that far in. I think I'm only, like, I think we're only, like, three episodes. Yeah, it's all right. In. It's okay. I, I, It hasn't really grabbed me yet. I'm hoping that it gets better. It's not a ton of episodes, which is good because right. I feel like that was the, the biggest thing that affected that show tell me your secrets was that it was way too long there was oh too God, much yeah. filler there's like at least dude three there's episodes no long. need for it to be 10 episodes needless to say you have no urge to uh tell me your secrets i yeah no, no i'm good no, i'm no. all set I don't, those secrets <laughs> don't need to be told but yeah this shows it's interesting and so the the main guy in it the 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 guy that's married that the, the, you know it's having the affair I mentioned this to you. Oh, yeah. So if you've ever watched on Hulu any of the uh, Into the Dark series, which is a Blumhouse thing, they release a new movie every month onto Hulu. It's a direct Hulu exclusive where basically they it's, it's a short horror movie around an hour or so that's themed to a particular holiday of that month, and they do one every month. Uh, so he was in actually the very first one called The Body, the Body which is yeah. a Halloween-themed one where he plays a hitman on Halloween, where he essentially he is carrying around a dead body on Halloween, and he's and able he to fool everybody. 
Christmas. Yeah, he's able to like make everybody think it's part of a Halloween costume when he's actually yeah. trying to kill people. So right. that one was actually pretty good. Yeah. They fell off in quality. They were okay. Like we actually stopped. They turned into them. Hulu movies. They did turn into Hulu. Yeah, stuff. it got it's, it just got too much. Like yeah, you, you can tell they're on a, they're on a small budget. Like some of them are way better than others. There's some decent ones, but uh, you know if, if you're looking for something to watch, it's not a total waste of time. I'd say start from the beginning. The body though, that first one, very good. And this guy. Uh, the main guy from this show, uh, Behind Her Eyes, is in that first one. So. Right, yeah. That's where I recognize Yeah, so I'd, I'd say I'd give it a watch. I mean, and, I'm going to keep going for sure. And if you're a Game of Thrones fan, oh yeah, one of the other characters played a young Ned Stark in some of the flashback scenes in the last season of Game of Thrones. Or the second to last season, maybe both. Yeah. I don't know. But Why are we talking show? about yeah. shitty shows? Shut no, up! Shut up! Show. Shut up! Shut up! What? Game of Thrones is the best, and you didn't even finish yeah, it. So like, I don't yeah, want to fucking hear it. All There's right? a reason I, I didn't finish it. it. I know because it was boring. Because you're uh, crazy. I've been listening to a pretty cool true crime podcast. It is called Your Own Backyard, and it is about the disappearance of a woman named Kristen Smart, which was a it was a she was a college girl that. Pretty much vanished off the face of the earth in the 90s. It's been a cold case for over 20 years now at this point. Uh, she actually has been missing longer than she was alive. And she's presumed to be dead. And there's one guy that they think killed her. And there's been all sorts of issues that have held up law enforcement from, you know, making an arrest. You know, it's implied that a lot of it is law enforcement covering it up. But it's very good. So very similar to... I've listened to a lot of true crime podcasts lately because I find them very interesting, and this one was very good. I know I mentioned the uh, another one a couple weeks ago called Unraveled, which is about the Long Island serial killer. That was fucking phenomenal. That one I liked a little bit better, but this one is, is actually pretty good, too, so I'd recommend checking out. It's called Your Own Backyard uh, about the Kristen Smart disappearance. What was the deal with the other smart girl, Elizabeth? Elizabeth Smart. Do I, I, I know Amy that name? Smart? Amy Smart. Is no, Elizabeth Smart. Was another, she either killed somebody or she was killed or something. I just don't think having the last name Smart is that beneficial for you. It's not not smart that smart. To be named Smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Smart, no? Never? That, that sounds familiar. I, I, just, I don't know for sure. I don't know I for figured sure. one of you guys would know what the hell yeah. I was talking about. But, but uh, anything else you want to recommend besides, uh, besides uh, Behind Her Eyes? Yeah, anything else? Have we watched uh, anything else? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. The Little Things. That movie with uh, Denzel, Jared Leto, and Remy uh, Remy Malik is available to rent now, so we should watch that soon. I know you've been. And we still we still didn't watch the Block Island Sound either on Netflix. No, that she's we an American activist. Time, so. I don't know who the hell. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Oh, is it Banks? No. Hey, so uh, a short, a short but sweet kind of news week here. You guys ready to talk some news? Yeah. But there was another. There was, there was the kidnapping of Elizabeth Smart. So there's. Oh yeah. So this is a different different case than that. This is Kristen yeah. Smart. But this was another smart. S- yeah. not so smart girl getting kidnapped. <laughs> All right. So in a short but sweet news week, uh, probably the biggest thing to drop since we last recorded. We have been speculating quite a bit on this podcast uh, because it's been filming in Provincetown, which is a uh, kind of oh, yeah. stone's throw away from where we are. Is the latest story of latest season? Excuse me of American Horror Story. Uh, so we did finally get a reveal of what the title and format of the new season of American Horror Story is going to be. And uh, this season is titled American Horror Story Double Feature. Do you guys hear about this? Do you hear about this? Huh? Yeah, did you read you about t- this? You huh? told me about That's this. That's true. Yeah, I know. So I, know. I, I was kind of saying it more it. for comedic effect. <laughs> That's okay. So basically, 
and I think this is kind of a shot in the arm that the uh, that the the American Horror Stories American Horror Story franchise might need because ten episodes is too long for the show to go on because I feel like it runs out of steam usually about halfway through the season. There's some good ideas, there's some good stuff in there, but they usually can't follow through in a full ten hour season. So essentially what this season is going to be, again, double feature, it's going to be two stories in one season, each five episodes. One is going to take place on land, and the other one is going to take place on sea. Oh, that's pretty cool. So safe to say probably the one that's on land, or maybe the one that's on sea, I don't really know, is going to be in, set in Provincetown, or f- mostly filmed in Provincetown. But that's it's, awesome. uh I think this is a good idea for the franchise, so what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Andrew. I think there's endless opportunities for something like that. Like, you could have a show shot on the sea through the viewpoint of one main character and then you can have the one on the land shown through the viewpoint of another main character that's connected to that other character like they were two lovers one had to go out and oh fish and, he, and how <laughs> he died and the octopi <laughs> killed him and the then octopi. she's back on land dealing with people being like you're a witch you're a witch and, you know I the don't know. That's just <laughs> goes to show that it could be endless opportunities I don't even like that I'd show like to I be like the first season under the sea but you don't understand. You're not listening to what I'm saying. If you were listening, you would have been like mind blown. What? I, I mean, my mind is blo- <laughs> my mind is so blown that I can't even speak. I Should can't be. even function. I did not mean to blow your mind. Cat, <laughs> yeah, what about you? You pumped for this? I think it's a good idea for the franchise. No. Yeah. No. I think it sounds interesting because I think we heard rumors that it was going to be called Pilgrim. Yeah, um, that was the rumored title from for the last like several months. Yeah, which I guess makes sense and doesn't really make sense for filming in P Town. So I think this makes more sense to, for it not to be called Pilgrim because I was like, mm. you're not filming in Plymouth, like you're not filming at Plymouth. Like, why would it be called Pilgrim? Well, maybe they landed there because that would be the first land. You yeah, would see. but I they well when they were filming, you could see some shots like on social media. They shared some stuff seeing them around town, and you were like. They did not build, like, sets in P-Town. Not, like, from scratch of, like, you know... It looks like they're filming, actually, for it to be set, like, in P-Town or a seaside town. Right. Which I think is good because I don't really feel like the way that Ryan Murphy tells stories on American Horror Story, that it's designed to be set in the past. I feel like he tells more modern stories. Right. So I think this is a good thing. And I hope it's more modern set. I like, hope it's a good season. It could be Pilgrim. And then the other one could be Pil- Pilgress, like a tigress. Like you have the male and the female. You are wow. just like too much. Pilgress. <laughs> I mean, talk, talk about Pilgress. ideas I never even considered, and that is another one of them. Pilgrim and Pilgress. Pilgress. Like Pilgress. American Pilgress. Horror Story Pilgrim and American Horror Story Pilgress. Pilgress. Uh, Pilgress. Oh, you, you said Pilgress. I meant like Pilgrim. Like a princess, but a pilgrim. Like a female right. tiger. Is that, is that the pilgrim? actual term no, for a I feel female like I, pilgrim? I, I no, it's not. Be. They're just okay. all no, pilgrims. All right, fair enough. All right. Cool. Hey so there, yeah. Pilgrim. American Horror Story uh, double feature is coming to FX and uh, FX on Hulu later this year. Probably, I would say, in their usual time frame of September or October. And right I'm, time for Halloween. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure FX has the movies. FX does have the movies. They, they kind From of what I've that. been told, yeah, yeah they have I've heard the lots. Of, I've heard lots of songs <laughs> sung on their channel about FX having FX the got movies. the movies. They got the movies, baby. They got those movies. All right, next news item. Again, light news week. So, I mean, not a lot to cover here. But um, so we did our St. Patrick's Day episode last week. And uh, we one of the movies that we considered talking about was Leprechaun or the Leprechaun series. Yes. 
Um, never been my particularly, uh, never been my particular favorite franchise. They're wicked corny, cheesy, but you know, there's a place for everything. There is talk though of a reboot of the Leprechaun franchise, uh, and the guy that has expressed interest in directing this reboot is Darren Lynn Bousman or Bousman. I don't know how you pronounce his name. He is the most famous. He is most famous for not Ass Man, Bousman. He is uh, most famous. He directed Saw two, three, and four. Not one. Not one. Uh, and he's also directing the upcoming Saw movie called Spiral, Ooh, which is the okay. one with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, which I mean, I like was supposed to come out last year and got delayed because of fucking COVID bullshit. Uh, but he, I, I guess he tweeted at uh, somebody, whoever owns the rights to the Leprechaun franchise, that he, you know, if Spiral does well enough, he would be very interested in, in directing a reboot of Leprechaun. I would be interested to see how someone does a reboot of that movie, though. Yeah. Because if the only way it's ever going to be taken seriously is if it's not a fucking Leprechaun. Like, you can't well, have a movie no. about a Leprechaun and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like inherently, like, the way the franchise is set up, it's you can't take it 100% seriously. But see, there can, has to be some comedy but, in there. Yeah, you could do comedy, but also, like, I was just thinking, like, for uh, St. Patty's Day movies, we technically could off-branch into other movies like Jin. Warlock, Trolls. It's kind of along the same line. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Jin is good. They, they all grant wishes. They're all like... Mm. Leprechauns? Leprechauns. <laughs> kind of. Some sort of small beings that are fictional and uh, grant wishes and, and give pots of gold and all that. Right, Otis? Otis is just going bananas right now. Don't mind him. But, uh, yeah, so I guess, I guess, would you be interested in seeing a reboot Absolutely. of the Leprechaun franchise? Well, that's a perfect example of like the movie we're talking about tonight is that the... I mean, it has potential that the reboot could be better than the original. I think so. I think it's... So, you don't have to set the bar very high for them to be better than the original Leprechaun right, franchise. Exactly. So, I mean, this is the franchise where one of the women was killed. Uh, she had too much plastic surgery, and the Leprechaun caused all of the silicone in her body to expand until her <laughs> boobs, lips, and ass all exploded, and she it's died. amazing. So that's, uh, that's, that's the Leprechaun franchise in a nutshell for you. Uh, last Leprechaun movie, by the way, was in 2018, and it was called Leprechaun Returns. Did not see it. Did you ever see Leprechaun in the Hood? I think that was one of them. I did in not. In the Hood? I, I think sure. I've, only, I've only seen the first one, and I, I don't think, think that I've was a made for. T- I think they were all made for TV. They used to always be on the Sci-Fi Channel back in the yeah. day, and I was just like, this is trash. I don't want to watch this shit. Oh, but now I'd, yeah. I'd watch that, then I'd watch Killer Sofa afterwards. Killer Sofa. Or The Dentist. That Killer Sofa. Okay, that's a fucked up movie. Last thing, not even really a news item, just more gauging your interest and see if it's something that we might want to cover, but they've been promoting and advertising the absolute fucking shit out of this. So coming to HBO Max uh, next week is Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, I thought, we were, I thought we were doing this. We can. We I've certainly already, can. I think we should. Yeah, it's, Although we it looks Godzilla dope. Maybe first. It looks great. Mike said that and he immediately got a boner. So, Well, I mean, I've Two seen... Two monsters. So basically, so... And so everything these days, I feel like, is kind of in response to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So everybody wants to have a shared universe of characters, and one of the results of this has been the quote-unquote monsterverse, right? So it started back in 2014, I think, with the Godzilla reboot, which was which awesome. had uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson in it and Brian Cranston. That was a really good movie, especially the second one. Sucked. It took it took a little too long for Godzilla to actually show up in it, but it was good. Uh, and then there was Kong Skull Island, which was dope. That movie was yeah. awesome. 
And then there was Godzilla King of the Monsters, which came out two years ago. Like and actually, movie. I liked it. I didn't hate it. I know a lot of people hated it. So there's been three movies. This is supposedly the fourth movie, the blowout, big uh, the you know, title fight, battle royale showdown Tyson between Holyfield. Godzilla and King Kong. It looks really cool. Looks like they spent a ton of money on it. It's got some pretty cool actors. Who are you putting your money on? I'm putting my money on Kong. Absolutely. I see. I feel the same way. Kong should win because he's got that more int- intellectual part of him. Because mm. he's like, he's well, a, it, 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 like, if you've seen the trailers, it Godzilla's looks, got like radiation and yeah. I feel like Godzilla should win. Should win, but, but I feel like I feel Kong like, is Kong is. A little bit more human, so yeah. I feel like they're gonna like the rooting interest is gonna be for Kong. Well, yeah, you would never want to root. You would never root for a reptile over anybody else. Yeah, fuck reptiles. They're gross, scaly, slimy, disgusting. Godzilla's pretty dope, though. I'm, I'm I'm a Godzilla fan as well. I mean, I'd like to see them fight quite a bit. And the trailers uh, look like they are promising some sweet monster fighting action, which I am here for, as the millennials say. What's up, millennials? <laughs> Um, but apparently this yeah. is so. There, there was a. Um, I'm, I'm on the edge of millennials. I don't you, consider myself one. You're a millennial. You're a millennial. We're all we're all millennials yeah, then. So, so. you're not right. on the edge. We you all are. You yeah. are um, not on the edge. So, so, but apparently, yeah, like Lady Gaga, so you're Warner Warner Brothers, <laughs> I guess, is is banking on this movie to kind of start up the theater ticket sales again because this is kind of a type a type of movie where it's large-scale action, tons of CGI, and designed to be seen in a theater, which I'm not going to see in a theater. I'm going to watch it on HBO Max for free because you can do that and if no you're an HBO Max really subscriber. Right if the now, MonsterVerse so. works, they should consider a uh, mummy versus... Dracula so universe. they actually tried to do that they, they they tried to do that a couple years ago with that Tom Cruise fucking terrible mummy that movie that came out in it? it had the mummy it had Russell Crowe playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde oh really and there were also Easter I eggs for uh, Dracula the Wolfman and the Creature from the Black Lagoon I watched it because Russell I'm obsessed Crow. with the Universal Monsters and it was bad it was very so they fucked bad up. so they should just get back to basics Nosferatu and the Mummy. Well, and and so so the Invisible Man, which we saw at the beginning of last year and we covered on this show, was supposed to start a new series of Universal monster films that are based more in horror and not in like action adventure horror. So like expect more movies like the Invisible Man, but with other characters. Like I know we've talked about uh, James Wan, who did uh, the Insidious movies and the first Saw. He's supposedly directing a new movie based on Frankenstein. There's a new Wolfman movie coming out with your boyfriend, Ryan Gosling, Andrew. Uh, there's supposed to be several other projects <laughs> in the works. So I, I'd like to see where that particularly goes. But, yeah, maybe um, maybe we can do Godzilla vs. Kong next week. Maybe that's an idea. I, haven't seen, something I, new. I need to watch Godzilla. We need to like do Godzilla before we do Godzilla vs. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, we can watch them, but it's essentially giant monsters destroying And how cities. many movies it's are you going to really, watch? Because really like not a thousand. Yeah, it's really... Well, like the first The one? new series. The you new should, series. You should watch the one with Matthew Broderick in it. Oh, God, that, that one's movie awful. isn't that terrible. That one is I like Matthew Broderick. terrible. Is that Godzilla 2000? Godzilla 99, I think oh, it was. 99. Yeah, 99. That was movie's terrible. The movie's so bad. And they made Godzilla look like a fucking gigantic but then you have, but then you also have with Hank Azaria. You have all the Cloverfield movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. So which one? Where do you start? You start with the original Godzilla. You well, should. yeah. Well, for this... for the, would for be this, so bored for this, by that movie. For this particular... Well, yeah, I'm assuming I would be. For this quote-unquote monsterverse, you would start with the Brian Cranston Godzilla from 
2014. Then it would be Kong Skull Island. Uh, okay. Then it would be Godzilla King of the Monsters, followed by Godzilla vs. Kong. So there's four movies in this particular shared universe. You know what's universe. an underrated Godzilla movie? Doesn't what's really that? count. I can't even remember the name of it. But Jason Sudeikis was in it, and it was like a joke movie, like a comedy. Really? Where, like he, they were like monsters, like themselves, and if they got into a fight and like pushed each other, it was as if two monsters on like a were fighting each other, like in a population and stuff. I forget what it was called. It was. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I can't help you here. I don't know. <laughs> feel free to look it up. <laughs> feel free to look it up and report back. Anyways, in called? other news. It's like a romantic comedy. That's probably why you didn't see it. In other, oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. You was know it Anne Hathaway? Yes. Yes. Uh, fuck. Um, I never saw it, but I heard about it. It wasn't it's it was like pretty when funny. She gets drunk, and when she gets drunk, she controls a monster. Yes. And Jason Sudeikis is like the love interest in it. I f- yeah, uh, that's what it is. Is it called Gigantic or something like that? Gigantic. I feel like it's something like that. Just look up It was Hathaway a pretty or... good movie. Um, it wasn't bad. What the fuck was it called? Dun, 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 dun. I don't... Colossal. Colossal. Yes, that sounds about right. Okay, it's pretty cool. funny. It Fair got enough. good Rotten Tomatoes liked it, which is surprising because that cool. movie... Right. Rotten Tomatoes hates everything. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, yeah, again, like I said, light news week. That's all I got. You guys ready to move on to our topic of the day? Yes. Excellent. That means we roll in. We hating. Right. We rolling into the topic du jour. Trying to roll into the topic du jour. What is Jack Black here? Not the format you want to use every time going into the topic du jour? That's Chameleon Hair and We'll just skip it. Excuse me. What is the topic du jour? So the topic of the jour... Topic of the jour, excuse me, topic du jour, is the topic of the day, and today's topic is that. a 2006 film by the title of The Hills Have Eyes, Yes, which is also a remake of a 1977 film directed by Wes Craven, rest in peace, my friend Wes Craven, and uh, yeah, uh, a very fun movie that I enjoy thoroughly that I hadn't seen in quite a while. And this was a suggestion from Cat. Yay! I know you're very excited to talk about this. So yes. why don't you give us? Uh, Actually, technically, I mentioned it first. Well, maybe weeks you both ago, did. maybe you both did. I know this is this weeks is a, ago. this is a movie that Cat. This is on my list. Cat stands for this movie, so this I uh, I know list. she's a big fan of this. So I would ask you, Caterino. Since you are such a fan of this movie, if you would like to start off with your overall thoughts and what you think of this movie and um, why you like it so much. Okay. Well, I love this movie because I watched it when I was like in the whole... I feel like this was one of the movies that I watched in the same sense of like Saw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It kind of went in that rotation during the 2000s, early 2000s of like horror movies whenever we're going to watch a movie on DVD because, you know, we didn't have streaming services or anything. So we'd just flip through the DVD book that like... You know, I, like whatever you had, or like it was on. TV. I, anyways, safe to say I'm this rambling helped. Now. Safe to say this helped form your horror fandom. Oh, absolutely, made you a horror fan. This yes. one of the first, like, yeah, okay, yeah. It made it definitely made me be a horror fan. But I mean, yeah, I was really into a lot of the slasher films. Like, it's so funny because you know, as as scared as I am of a billion things. Um, I used to watch on the reg, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Saw and Hostel and Hills Have Eyes and, like, these, like, torture porn. Well, okay. So the quote-unquote torture say, porn. I don't know if this falls into No, that. nope. And actually, when I was doing some research on this earlier today, 
bloody disgust, which is Wikipedia, which is maybe not 100% totally true, but people were calling this movie torture porn when it came out, mm-hmm. and Bloody Disgusting was like, no, this is not torture porn at all. I believe it's the gory, dir- yeah. but it is not... I believe the direct... I saw the same thing, and I believe yes. the direct quote from Bloody Disgusting is, if you think this is torture porn, you're an idiot. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, and it's, I agree with that. I agree. It's gory, but it's not... Oh, it's very it's gory. It's not hostile. Hostile Correct. is absolutely torture porn. Hostile, hostile is... Is gore for the sake of gore? This is different. I think it actually, you know, is trying to say something. Whereas hostile is just like have a gory good oh, time. Yeah, this is like here's a person in a room. Here's all these tools. Go nuts and how can we kill this person to disgust off. you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So safe to say you're a fan of this movie. Yeah, big I've, time. I've liked this movie for a very long time. So I was actually really excited to talk about it. Cool. Yeah. Andrew, what about you? Fan? Not oh, a fan? Huge fan. This movie is up there as one of the best remakes of all time for horror movies, in my opinion. I love this movie. It's got everything. Dude, you it's watch... got everything. It's got gore. It's got physical fucking uh, effects. It's got scenes that me- make you seem, make you feel so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, Very you much You need so. that in a horror movie. You need to feel uncomfortable for portions of a time. So it's got the gore, it's got the uncomfortable feelings, it's got the redemption, it's got the revenge, it's got the change in character from the main character being a giant fucking pussy and turning into an ultimate badass. Yeah. This is one of the best movies for pussy to badass yeah. in like three minutes. Yeah. Like it's just like, mm-hmm. and then bang, it gets in, you got monsters, mutants, it's madness, mayhem, fucking love it. Nice alliteration. I like, like that, that baby, like, Mike. Like, like, quite a bit. Like he might it. use he might quite use that on the social media post. I bet you do. Mm, alliteration. That's hashtag alliteration, yep. baby. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I agree with you. I I think this movie is. It's <laughs> <laughs> just giving. Throw the mic back Throwing to Mike. Back. Throw the mic back to Mike. <laughs> well, I mean, you are definitely a little more quiet on the microphone than I am, so I just make. Well, once I get going, baby is. Uh, yep. I get. Maybe yeah, get them this. decibels up, son. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I I I like this movie a lot as well. And I said this to you like right when we put it on last night, Cat. That I was like, damn, I haven't seen this movie in so long. And I remember seeing it in theaters when I was so it came out in uh, 06, which means I was twenty, uh, nineteen or twenty years old whenever it came out. Yeah, and it's really good. It's just really yeah. fucking good. It has all the elements of a horror movie that you want. You're yeah. scared, creeped out. Right, There's a protagonist. Literally right from right to the, the very second, end. The second it pops up, you see like the the, the quote, almost it kind of reminds me of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little bit. You see like the on-screen quote about like the yes. nuclear tests that perform in the U.S., which more on that later. Um, it gives you a little... And, it just, like, it, and then yeah. it sets that tone with that first scene with the scientist getting killed by the uh, unseen assailant. But could we actually... Sorry, before yeah. you keep going Go ahead. for yeah. a scene. By all means. I was going to say, that's like a disclaimer, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. But then the actual intro, were you going to talk about the intro at all? Uh, not yet, no. Like where the credits were? I was going to get to that. Okay, but yeah, we can talk about that. We'll talk about that. But I um, I, I thought this, this, this kind of came out during the horror remake boom of the 2000s, right? Which right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We'll get a little bit more into. You talked about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre already, but I think this... You know, it was a big thing back in the 2000s. And there are a lot of the movies were better than others. And they did it well, yeah. Yeah, and they did this one really well. But I think this particular movie ranks up there with some of the better remakes of the 2000s. So I would consider, like, this along the same... 
in the same ilk as like Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake with uh, Jessica mm. Biel. <laughs> Insert boob comment here. Yabos. Uh, the Ring. The technically the Ring was a remake because yeah. it was originally a Japanese Ringo. remake. This yeah. came out. Uh, the Crazies, which is a phenomenal remake with Timothy Oliphant, who that I love. movie's all right. Mm, I love that movie. Could we call this the Golden Age of Remakes? Could kind call of, it the Golden yeah. Age of Horror Remakes, but there were also some stinkers in there, too, uh, which I also had in my notes. For example, another movie I saw in theaters, The Omen Remake with Liev Schreiber. Oh, my God, did Wait, that movie blow I dicks. I think I saw Holy that, and I kind of liked shit. it, Oh, it was though. so bad. So oh. bad. I want to watch it again now. So bad. Uh, the When a Stranger Calls remake, terrible. Oh, so bad. I think I might be like. Uh, I think I might be have seen all. You the know movies. how you said you saw this movie in theaters? Yeah. You know how, when I saw this movie? When was when I went to Blockbuster and they used to have a big giant <laughs> bin of three for ten dollars and you could buy the movies and I was like, oh, I'll buy this, I'll buy that. I'll buy was uh, was Stan Marsh the owner of the uh, Blockbuster that you went to? He was not. Okay, all right. But that was people talk shit about Blockbuster. Blockbuster is great. I miss, I talk shit about. Blockbuster. I miss Blockbuster. Oh my god, me too. The experience, candy, of like... soda, movies. Blockbuster. Movies. I feel like you say the word Blockbuster, and I just get the nostalgia feels everywhere because yeah. that used to like I used to rent video games. Movies, I used to love buying DVDs for cheap. Blockbuster in Randolph, Massachusetts. That's now a Five like, Guys. There's, Burgers and like, there's something. Yeah. There's something to be said about watching a movie on DVD. That's so much better than if you stream it or if you you watch it on TV. I don't know. It's just a, like you're making it important. Right, you're going out of your way to put this stupid disc into this stupid thing, and you can't change the channel. You're absolutely right. You're watching it. It's a blockbuster. It's a movie. You're gonna you are you are essentially planning your night around yeah. that movie and committing to it. Right. Which is if if you're streaming something and it sucks a half hour in, it's easy to. They're going to be like, "Fuck this! I'm going to watch something." I ain't else. changing this DVD. But blockbuster back in the day, you could just pick something out. We're watching it and one way or another. And it's I think that's why because it's due back tomorrow at yes. 10 a.m. <laughs> we got to fucking drop it and, it, when it, and, it, and at run least it's away. Not a VHS where you got to rewind it. Yeah. Right. Like, you're, that's why attention spans are what kind, they are rewind. now. Like, Be kind, rewind. That's an maybe. awesome movie, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's a good movie. Jack Black and Mitch uh, uh, But, all right. While we're on Blockbuster, some of the other bad, some of the bad horror remakes from the 2000s. I already talked about The Omen and When a Stranger Calls. The Friday the 13th remake was god-awful, as was the Wicker Man remake with Nicolas Cage. Did either of you see that? I don't know. Holy terrible, shit. Terrible movie. Oh, not one of his best. And then, you know, obviously... Say what you will about Rob Zombie. I think the uh, the Halloween remake that he did in 2007 was actually decent. Thumbs up to them. Not, I like that. Probably, probably aside from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, maybe my favorite zombie movie. I'm not a fan of much else of his shit, but he just, I don't know, he just, I, don't, I just... Devil's Reach. His, his style as a filmmaker no, rubs me the God. wrong way. I'm, I'm just not a fan. But I can understand people that do like it. He's just very... No, there's it's, it's an old school throwback to like grindhouse but there's a era of that horror like cinema. Absolutely, are obsessed with it, and it's like I don't oh, yeah. get that easily, easily. But uh, yeah, this movie's good. It's a, it has a good cast. I think they do a good job selling the horror of the premise. It's extremely gory and gross. Awesome practical effects. There's some pretty good scares, effective scares in here. And I think probably the part that makes it the most scary for me is the set pieces. Where this movie is set how it was shot, and some of the stuff that you see the characters in, some of the locations you see the characters in, excuse me, make it that much more effective because it makes you feel 
that isolation. Yeah. Oh, they might as well be in. on fucking Mars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they're in the middle of absolute yeah. nowhere. And, and I also respect, for a mainstream horror remake release, it's pretty fucking brutal. Like, there's animal deaths. There is uh, deaths of quote-unquote main characters that you think are probably going to survive till the end of the movie, and that doesn't happen for sure. And it just kind of sets the tone for the whole movie, which I feel like is, is a good thing. You, it makes you feel like nobody is safe, and when you have that type of situation in a horror movie, that's a good thing, because it keeps you on your toes. So a movie I would think of like that would be, like, obviously different movies, different level of quality, but hereditary. Yeah. Hereditary, people die in that movie, and you're like, holy shit, I thought that person was going to be there until the very end, which actually maybe they are, but I don't know. It's not like there's, like, someone dies and it takes ten seconds. Motherfucker burns on the tree for like five fucking well, minutes. Yeah. Like, how long is this scene gonna be? Is like, a- they take the death scenes, like the gory, the worst scenes in the movie, and they make them so long. Yeah. You're like, why is this? Why am I still? How is he not dead yet? Just shoot him in the head. Well, the guy's burning on, on a tree. Hold on. Not even did he burn on a tree, but beforehand. He was, like, harassed by them at the gas station, which is one of the scenes that yeah. was, like, can I talk about this? Mm-hmm. Um, so right before then, like, not right before then, but when they last showed him, he went back to the gas station because he was looking for help. The guy from the gas station's passed out in the bathroom. and Not the bathroom. The uh, toilet. The toilet. <laughs> so he sees him. He sees him blow his head off, and then all of a sudden you hear this these people saying... Daddy. Oh, that was freaky. Daddy. Yeah. Daddy. And you're just like, oh my God, like, what is that? Why are they calling him Daddy at the yeah. same time? Like, it was so weird. Well, they knew he was the dad in the well, group. Well, yeah, yeah, but it was, and then, like, he gets in the car and, like, all of a sudden he looks in his rear view and you hear the person in the backseat going, Daddy. He's just like, I actually think that's probably the most effective scare of the movie is when he walks into the gas station. There's nobody in there. He sees all the jewelry and credit cards and, the and everything. the ear in the takeout box. He sees the <laughs> ear, and then all of a sudden he looks up at the news articles that are uh, uh, you know, stuck on the bulletin board wall yeah. about all the disappearances in the Southwest and in New Mexico. And he's like, you son of a bitch. He realizes, like, what the fuck has happened? And he's like, oh, my God, i got to get out of here and get back to my family. And unfortunately, he does not make it back. Or he well, does. he makes it back but, uh, on a stick, and not, then he burns. Yeah, does, so like, <laughs> does not end well for him. Does not so end he well already had a whole other beating before he ended up on the uh, fire stick. So mental yeah. and physical. Safe to right. say that uh, James Gum met a brutal end in this movie, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more As he about, should have. Uh, at some point. But, uh, you know, so this movie came out in 2006. You guys want to hear about some of the other movies that came out in 2006? Pretty pretty shitty year for horror, but there's some there's some gems in here. I think. Okay, yeah, okay. go ahead. Uh, some of these we're just gonna skip right over. So there was a there was a Black Christmas remake last year or two years ago. There was another Black Christmas remake in 2006, which I never saw, never even heard of. Jesus Christ! How many times they remake Black Christmas? Twice, twice now. Twice. Uh, Creep Show three, which got zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, not mm-hmm. one positive I didn't review. Know about that. Uh, it, it's essentially a sequel in name only, and it was terrible quality, apparently. Final Destination 3 also came out in 2006. I actually think those movies are okay, but whatever. Uh, the Grudge came out in 2006. I like The, the Grudge. original Grudge. Good yeah, movie. We Good already movie. talked about it. Uh, oh, excuse me. Not The Grudge. The Grudge 2. Oh. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, that kind of isn't as good Sorry. as The Grudge. The 2 was on a separate line of my yeah. notes. Yeah. Uh, This is actually a pretty cool movie that came out in 2006 called The Host. You guys ever seen this before? 
It was directed by Bong Joon-ho, who's a Korean director. He uh, most famous for directing this movie, that movie Parasite, that won the Oscar oh! for Best Picture last year. So wow, really? Yeah, it's a. It's basically it's a. It's a movie. It's a Korean movie about like a Loch Ness monster type monster. I've, I've seen killing people the, in the Korea. artwork for it. Yeah. It but looks pretty cool. Is it subtitles? It's it's pretty good. It's, uh, for you, it's, it's everything is subtitles for you. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter for you because you do subtitles anyway, but this is subtitles. Uh, I'll always know what you did last summer, which uh, has none of the original cast. Yeah. So that's... let's skip it. Uh, the Omen remake that I mentioned with Liev Schreiber, oh. that also came out in 2006. Uh, Liev Schreiber's great. Uh, Catherine Saw 3 came out in 2006. Sure, that you probably was, have some thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of don't remember Saw Three as much. I remember Saw One and Two vividly. Saw Three is like I don't even remember the plot. Three is like we we get it. Stop. Well, I just I feel like there's so many of them that you start to confuse them. Like I think exactly. that Mark Wahlberg, uh, not Mark Wahlberg, Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg, Wahlberg got um killed in Saw Four with ice blocks. That was Saw Four. It took him that long to kill. I Donnie remember in Wahlberg. Saw Two at the end, he <clears throat> bashes his foot off with that stone to get his foot out of the fucking the the foot cuffs that he's in. That yeah. was disgusting. See, there's so too. much like, gore and just like. I, I gore like gore and, and disgusting them. imagery. I feel like define the two thousands of horror. Yeah, but that's just me. Um, these two next movies, though, are both I think probably one and two for best movies of the year. Maybe and th- this one's probably close to uh, The Hills Have Eyes. I mean, uh, Silent Hill. Ooh, I like Silent. Very Hill. good movie. Yeah, very scary, very fucked up, and also Slither. Slither's a good movie. Slither, directed by James Gunn. I think I Jamie Gunn. James Gunn. He directed Guardi- all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. That is, I didn't realize his he name did uh, *Brightburn* that came out a couple years ago, which I've yet Terrible. to see, but I want to see. *Silent Hill* was mediocre. Si- *Slither* and *Silent Hill* are both very good movies, in my opinion. Yes. This was *Pyramid movie- Head's scary as fuck. Yeah, but- *Pyramid Head's very scary. And we actually walked through a Silent Hill haunted house yeah. at, uh, at Halloween Horror Nights the second time that we went. It's very. Uh, I feel like *Stranger Pyramid Things* Head was in there. a lot from *Silent Hill*. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, another terrible movie that came out in 2006. Debatably horror, but it's qualified as horror. Snakes on a Plane. Uh, first off, <laughs> sick of these type, motherfucking snakes. Can we take a big on this time motherfucking out for a second? Plane. Not, not a, a horror movie. movie. <laughs> also, not a horrible movie. That movie's fucking awesome. What are you talking about? Terrible. The movie's great. Terrible. This motherfucker likes Silent Hill, but doesn't like snakes on a motherfucking That's plane. You're a dork, and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Underworld. I would like to take a. Uh, uh, we should do a. a, 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 a what is it? A, a poll? What? <laughs> was, a that poll. Your, was that your dork voice? Yes. Can, <laughs> oh my God. can we do a poll? Okay, fair enough. What's a better movie? Snakes on a Plane or Silent Hill, that garbage uh, movie? Uh, it has to be Silent Hill. I was going to say Silent Hill, too. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. No movie's awesome, too, is Black Snake Moan. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Samuel L. Jackson's in that yeah. one, too, with Christina Ricci, right? I, I love Christina Ricci. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> but that's also why, I mean, that movie's good regardless of that. Irregardless. Uh, Underworld Evolution also came out in 2006. Uh, Those movies can fuck right off. I would off. say that just sounds like it sucks. Yeah, and then I also <laughs> talked about both these remakes already, but When a Stranger Calls and The Wicker Man both came out in 2006 as well, mm. and both those movies smell. So. Yeah, not, not a great year for horror, but there's a few good ones in there, so... All right, you ready for a few factoids about uh, the Hills Have Eyes before we jump into our categories? Yes. And, uh, Can I insert myself in the factoids along? that I may have? 
Of course you can. All right. Go ahead. Go right ahead. All right, so we mentioned this earlier, but uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Obviously, this is a remake. It was originally released in 1977, and it was a film directed by Wes Craven. Rest in peace. But the 2006 remake was directed by a guy named Alex Aja, who is a French, and uh, Gregory Lavasseur, so a couple of Frenchmen, directed this movie. And uh, basically, Wes Craven, when he saw all these horror movies being remade in the 2000s, he said, I'd like to hop on that train. Hills Have Eyes is ripe for a remake. And, uh, you know, because specifically he saw the success of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, and the Amityville Horror remake with Ryan Reynolds, and he said, let's do this. So There's I success that. in that remake? The Amityville Horror one? I, I didn't really terrible. like that movie. I know Kat I liked did. Because of Ryan Reynolds? You liked it because of Ryan Reynolds. It was shirtless. good. I liked it. <sighs> okay. Well, yeah, this is a remake of, Dude, uh, of the 19, 1977 Wes Craven film. Uh, basically, this movie stars... A bunch of actors that you've seen in other places before, including uh, Aaron Stanford, who plays the main character, Doug. He's been in the, uh, he was in the first three X-Men movies. He played Pyro. Uh, I was pretty sure that he played Michael, uh, Michael Bolton. You said this earlier. He yeah. looks just no, like him. Because, I, does kind of look similar. Like him. He looks a little bit like Michael Bolton. Same guy. From uh, Kathleen Quinlan plays the mom. She's been in a ton of movies since the 1970s. Vanessa Shaw, spelled V-I-N-E-S-S-A. Uh, was Allison in Hocus Pocus, and she was also in Ray Donovan. She was in uh, she was Eyes Kate Wide McPherson Shut. And did she develop nicely? <laughs> <laughs> More on that later, I'm sure. Uh, she's in it. Uh, Emile de Raven, or Emile de Ravine, however you pronounce it. Uh, she's most famous for playing Claire in Lost. She was in Once Upon a Time. Nice bell. Uh, and then there's Dan Bird, Robert Joy, and most famously probably Ted Levine, who played Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, she a great big fat person. Do you know what's so funny? I didn't even like make that connection until I saw How it. How do you hear like, him speak and not make I, that connection? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I should know, but I, I don't know. And I yeah, because so I used to think that like, that was oh, him acting. I was like, wow, what a voice he did for Buffalo yeah. Bill. Yeah. And then you realize that, no, that's just... That's you, sound like, yeah. Yeah. you sound like a maniac. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know why. I didn't... Put it on your fucking mask. like, oh my god, he was that... Ex. What was that movie that he played a cop in? He was good in... Uh, Monk. Shutter Island? He was no, in Shutter Island. He was, he was in, really good in Shutter Island. He was the cop in Monk. 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 What? That's... Monk? Yes. <laughs> Monk. What I said. Monk. Monk. Not Monk. Monk. <laughs> Monk the fuck. It's in the outline. I wrote it in the outline. Monk? Monk. I don't know what that movie is. It's a television show. Yeah, it's a TV show. With Tony Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. I know it. Yeah, he was a cop. You watch Monk. Who hasn't watched Monk? No, no. The fact that you you've seen Monk and you haven't seen all the other things you should have seen drives me insane. Wait, hold on. Take you and your Tony Shalhoub. Wait, to confirm, Monk is the one with like the... Tony Shalhoub. He's the investigator that has like OCDC. OCDC. OCDC, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What an idiot. We're leaving that in. Get a good laugh out of that. Otis is laughing. OCDC. It's like my favorite band other than ADHD. <laughs> You know what my favorite band is? OCDC. ADHD. ADHD. So I was going to throw a wild card in there um, that I didn't include in the outline because I didn't want Mike to read it before that Allison from Hocus Pocus was also guest starred 
on an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Wow. Which is, How about that? <laughs> which dates back to... Angela Lansbury. Angela Dude, it's like six degrees of separation. Yeah. Everything six, goes six back to... Six degrees of Angela Lansbury. It's either Angela Lansbury or uh, fucking... <laughs> Oh, why oh, can't I remember his name? Oh, um, From oh Unsolved, Robert Stack. Robert Stack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or fucking, Diabetes. not this time. Yeah, not this Di- time. Uh, Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Wil- Wil- Wilford Brimley, uh, Robert Stack, and Angela Lansbury on this show, for And sure. who's the other one? Not this time. Not this time. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, uh, fuck, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. Not this <laughs> He's time. He's got two names. Jonathan stupid Fenway Frakes. Do you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? So this John. movie, when it came out, was actually uh, was pretty successful. It was a commercial success. It played... Played in over 2,500 theaters across the, the country, and it uh, took in over $15 million in its opening weekend, grossed over $41 million, surpassing its but surpassing excuse me its budget by over fourfold. So this was a very successful movie, and I feel like for good reason. And you know, as we kind of talked about already, this movie is pretty graphic. It's pretty gory, pretty disgusting, and while it's definitely a hard R rating. This is not for the faint of stomach or the faint of heart, I would say. It actually had to have over two minutes of footage cut to re- to avoid an NC-17 rating. That doesn't which, surprise me. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. Uh, this was an interesting one that Kat pointed out to me. But basically, so during the opening credits, uh, during the open, oh my god, during the opening credits, they have kind of like this old school, like '50s, very like happy-go-lucky, upscale music, and as you go through the credits, they kind of cut in with these disturbing images of supposed real images of people that suffered from radiation poisoning. And uh, these photos uh, were actually birth defects caused by the use of Agent Orange in Vietnam. Real-life stuff, which is just so much more disturbing and messed up. Go ahead. Um, Yes, so I was going to say that this whole intro thing kind of reminded me of the the movie from The Ring because mm-hmm. all of a sudden they'd be like one scene and then it would just like sh- it had that little like scratchy noise and it would cut to something else and then it would cut back and like it had that kind of same feel yeah. which was in the same year. Yeah. So it was kind of that it was funny that those two had like the same kind of feel and like connection to them. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's like I have two cousins they're dad who's my uncle he's like in his late 70s was in vietnam and he was exposed to agent orange and they don't i mean they don't have birth defects like that obviously yeah but they have like really bad back issues all sorts of health issues be caused from it so that's no surprise yeah Yeah, agent orange was bad news bad news my aunt's my aunt's brother is the same way he's yeah 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 but uh so alex aja who was the director uh, he opted not to film this movie in uh, California, specifically Victorville, California, which is where the original film was shot by Wes Craven. Apparently, they went back and scouted the location where Craven shot the initial film, and it had been developed, and there were condo complexes and all kinds of shit, so they couldn't do that. And they actually scouted uh, Namibia in Africa, South Africa, New Mexico, and Mexico. They were all considered to shoot this film, and they ultimately decided they were going to shoot the... Uh, the film in Morocco, a part of Morocco that is known as the Gateway to the Sahara Desert, which could have fooled me. Yeah, that looked like the Would have thought it was New Mexico yeah. the whole time. I mean, well, that no just idea. goes to show. Desert's yeah. desert. Yeah, it's absolutely. All and I miss you, baby. <laughs> I miss the rain. <laughs> 
But uh, our old pal, <laughs> you, our, our old pal Greg Nicotero, uh, who has done so many fucking movies, all the makeup effects, including The Walking Dead, Creep Show, Dawn of the Dead, countless other movies. Uh, he did the makeup for the Hills Have Eyes remake, and he actually plays a character known as Sist in this movie, which is the mutant. With the, with the headgear. The headgear on, yeah. Exactly. I know. I was actually so excited when I read that fact. Mm. I was like, oh my god, Greg Nicotero was mm. in it? I was like, well, I didn't even realize. He's as so a, good. Uh, He's as a, awesome. As a teenager that had to wear headgear because I had braces, my teeth were so messed up. I, I can feel for headgear, uh, headgear man. Yeah, Did I had, your headgear look like that? Uh, no, it wasn't like that. But I had, <laughs> I had to wear headgear <laughs> to sleep because my uh, my teeth, were, my braces needed it apparently. And it was awful. Hated it. So stupid. I never had braces. Guess I just should get used to wearing stupid stupid shit while I sleep for my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, pretty fair. Uh, in addition to Greg Nicotero's cyst mutant, all of the other mutants were actually created by CGI and physical effects, or both in some cases. Uh, most of the mutants that had full, uh, you know, full full deformities were created by prosthetics, but the, the children, this is kind of the most interesting part here, right? So the, the, the deformed children were digitally distorted using tracking dots on their faces. Uh, I feel like so, that makes sense. Though. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're but okay. I feel like that makes sense because when you see those kids and they're like playing, they're like, "Do you want to play with us or something?" And they're like sitting on the ground and like one like that, of the kids yeah. is like his face. You can barely even make out. Yeah, like it's just kind of black, and you can. You, yeah. He almost looks like burned, but actually not like a burned victim. Like he looks like he looked like, like he had something over his face. Or something. It was yeah. weird. That part of the movie made like my heart hurt a little bit because like he's looking for his baby in the house and, and you see these kids. poor children yeah. that like ha- obviously have no chance and like mister can you play with us and i was just like oh i would like to play with you but i'm trying to have your big brother not stab me with an axe and a pickaxe yeah and all that shit. it's just they looked they i mean once you kind of said that it was mm-hmm. it, it makes kind of sense because they look a little they don't look the same yeah. As the other ones that look like prosthetics. Yeah. Like, they don't look as real. So the most famous one, the Ruby, obviously, who becomes a, a major character towards the end of the movie, she was a mixture of, of, of both processes, right? So she was, they used the tracking dots to distort her face, and they also put prosthetic teeth in her mouth, so it kind of made her look as fucked up as she was. Uh, also, by the way, the crater that had all of the cars in it that the mutants were storing in, Completely 100% CGI, right. which I would have never guessed. Wow. I mean, obviously, there's not a it big crater. In the desert. It looked very real. Uh, so basically, the director, you know, Alex Aja, said, you know, we based all of our descriptions and directions on real documents, pictures, and footage that we found on the effects of nuclear fallout in Chernobyl and Hiroshima. That's scary. Which is just horrifying to think about. That the people you know, look like that and deformities. Well, I mean, so we actually watched um, on HBO the Chern- Did you watch the Chernobyl oh, on HBO? God. You yeah, should really have. Good. Oh, yeah, it was really good. It's really good. Honestly, it's... like, probably one of the scariest things I've watched in recent memory because that was, it's true and it was bone chill. Really, that was, was so sad. It was Like, so from heavy. the start, too, it was just, yeah. like, depressing and yeah, sad and upsetting so and, like, yeah. made you really feel bad for those yeah, people. Yeah, I feel like I'm bummed out. Like, like how they just, like, it. let that happen and didn't fucking give a fuck about anybody yeah, that was there. Awful. I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm not going to warn people. So yeah. that's, it's scary to think that they did that based on some of the footage they had from well, those, it just those goes, nuclear... Yeah, it goes to show that some of the worst horrors on Earth are man-made. Yeah. Those sorts of things, which is just sad to think about. And speaking of nuclear fallout, obviously this film kind of plays on the urban legend of 
mutated people, animals, and everything in the desert when they were testing nuclear weapons. And the film heavily implies that a large number of atmospheric nuclear tests were performed in New Mexico by the United States government in the 40s, you know, in preparation to end World War II, uh, when in fact there was actually only one documented case of nuclear testing that took place in New Mexico, and it was called the Trinity Test, and that happened on July 16th of 1945. Here's so, the thing, though. Not does as it, widespread as you'd think. Does it take more than one? Test? I don't think it does. Probably know. not. Yeah. I mean, well, I would just say if you do more than one, it's obviously going to increase the. Yeah, the but effects I think one is more than enough. Yeah, you can wipe out an entire country with right. one. Yeah. Wipe. So how is well, that? Well, I would just say so. Like thinking about like obviously, so like we were just talking about Chernobyl, right? right. That show on HBO. Which if you haven't watched that, watch it. It's very it's, disturbing and and yeah, very upsetting. But uh, this is obviously played in a different way. Right. I would say the more nuclear tests that you do. Obviously, the worse the effects are going to be. But also, I think the amount of radiation given off by Chernobyl was much more. Oh, than it was more concentrated. Oh, bomb. absolutely. Well, that was a power plant versus a bomb. Yeah. Which you, I mean, a bomb can be very destructive, obviously, but uh, more the of a power widespread plant range. Has a, so many things like just brewing in I, it. I remember I read something though after we watched Chernobyl that like the effects of that meltdown were felt. It was obviously it was in Russia in the Ukraine. Yeah. Have you it was they were felt as far as like France. Yeah. As far east in Europe as you can go. You know what's crazy though about that whole thing is like you know where Chernobyl is, they built that like dome to like cover right. it. Yeah. yeah. And there's that fungus growing throughout it that absorbs the radiation and grows off of the radiation. That's like monster movie shit. Right yeah, Isn't that fucking insane. No, look it up. It's yeah. fucking no, weird no. As I, fuck. I, I I believe you. I just I've never heard of it. That's monster movie shit. Like it sucks yeah. it up and absorbs it. Yeah. But uh, before we get into our categories here, which is coming up next, because we're done with facts, just a reminder: that tonight's episode is brought to you by Clark's. So Clark's yet again uh, began almost two hundred years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper out of sheepskin, and at the time it was groundbreaking—a combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently, and brilliant ideas are what sets Clark's apart. America's Hometown Horror is teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off on select items, including the iconic Clark's Desert Boot, which, again, I own and wear frequently. And you can get that by going to podgo.co slash Clark's. That's podgo.co slash Clark's. You guys ready for some categories? Yes, ready. Cool. (laughs) Andrew, I'm going to start with you, and we'll go around the horn here. Do you find the Hills Have Eyes remake to be... A scary movie. Mm, I would give it a seven on a scale of one to ten. Are we doing scales now? Well, I don't know. I don't think it. I really don't. Because if if it's yes or no, I'm going to go no. No. It's like, it's scary in the fact that if this happened, it'd be fucking terrible. But this is never going to happen. What if you were driving through the desert? Would you get, like, kind of. No, this movie. Let's say if if you you weren't a hardened, seasoned horror fan like yourself and you were an average movie viewer would you find this to be a scary movie no no okay doesn't scare me okay even as a human being why i mean it should scare you but it doesn't scare me i okay i can't think outside would it scare me it should so yes i would consider this a scary movie based off of having no knowledge of anything and being a complete goldfish to life (laughs) a goldfish 
Okay. This movie's terrifying. As well, a gold, yeah. As a goldfish, this movie's terrifying. Okay, Cat. I'm sure Absolutely. you probably. I'm sure you probably it's, have a different opinion. I mean, it's terrifying. In in your defense, Andrew, I will say, I don't have nightmares about this movie because it's not like a like a fear that really resonates with me that deeply that I would have nightmares. But like, I wouldn't see like one of these weird hill people in the corner of my room because I know that they exist in the desert and they're nowhere near here and like there's no mutants that live around my neighborhood. So I, it, but maybe if I lived in New Mexico, I might think a little bit differently. You sure. Know? But if you were in, in the vicinity of the desert, right? Yeah. Of course. So, I think it's scary for a bunch of different reasons, though. I mean, because of, the like, gore. A lot of the gore is scary. Like, kind of, like, cringeworthy and just gross. Um, See, I, I consider gore to be more of a shock factor, though. I don't think that is necessarily... The, it's it's gross, but that's not the part that necessarily sticks with you, unless it's incredibly graphic and well, realistic, which other, I feel like this... Some of it is, but some of it is also, like, done up for the movie. There's well. other graphic scenes in, like, yeah. the trailer that are also very horrifying that make you cringe even more to the point where you're like, this is really uncomfortable. And, like, that is where you get to the point where you're like, not, I'm not really scared, but mm. very like to the point where you're very uncomfortable. Sure, I think this movie, while I particularly don't find it to be scary, I can understand why somebody would find it to be scary because I think the imagery in this movie is so disturbing, it's horrifying. Yeah, that you know, if you're not a horror movie fan and you don't see the type of gore and birth defects that are in this movie you could very easily find it to be extremely off-putting extremely disturbing yeah and there are some extremely uncomfortable scenes of some sexual assault that happen in it which is very scary and i just think i think that along with the remote setting of the movie actually make it because if you obviously like if you were ever in that situation oh it would be terrifying peeing and poo-pooing in your pants absolutely I would be be in into the fucking camper getting the fuck out of there yeah you know like if if you look at a movie objectively right and you say okay if I put myself in the protagonist's shoes for this movie this might be one of the most horrifying scenarios you could find yourself in oh absolutely this or like I would say this and like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre are, are on si- like similar playing fields, right? Of just the I'm just not, I'm not worried about it because I'm never going to go on a fucking camper into the middle of the desert see, like some bumbo idiot. I've always wanted to see the desert, so not I, that much. Uh, I'll not drive by it. Not this time. Yeah, we can just drive by it on a highway. Uh, I, see, I, I would. Li- I think the desert is beautiful, and I would like to see it in real life. But I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to take shortcuts. Don't stop at a gas station. Yeah, so no. you don't want to get to the chance where they like you know. You go down a road and they, they just pop have this tires. pop the they mm. pop that little that's always nope. that was always this like time. at the very beginning of the movie when they just pull that like mm. cord and Ding. all of a sudden it's that razor sharp sound and they yeah just what go, is that tool called by the way the cops use it to stop yeah yeah I know what, what I, the fuck I, is it I called? know what it is but I don't know what it's called well it's not it's like the same as you go these police officers call them stop <laughs> sticks oh uh, that makes sense. From time to time, but it's more of like an actual, not like a chain they throw across the road. It's a but it's razor chain. Stuff they put up on the road so that if you drive over it, it pops all your tires. Yeah. Well, that or even like if you're in a what is it like a toll booth or something, and like if you they sell you not to same back up. thing, yeah. same exact same idea. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you're driving at any speed towards right. that, it's going to pop yeah. your tires. All right, so we talked about scary stuff. Cat, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Okay, so my favorite scene is when. I don't know if it's one scene, I guess. It kind of continues on. But, like, when What's-His-Face wakes up, the main character, I forget his name. Doug. Yep. Wakes up in the, um, 
He wakes up in like the meat the locker. Box the meat of, locker. Okay, meat locker. I was gonna say the box of body parts, and he like crashes out of there, and he's trying to get the baby back. And yep. when he kills the um, oh no, that's probably my favorite kill. But when he wakes up in that, and he's just like that whole scene. Not even just that. I mean, that's a very vivid scene. Especially just screaming and banging on the roof, yes. like "Let me out of here!" Holy that fuck! Is, I'm in here with dead bodies that are chopped up. Like, that was disgusting. probably yeah. my most like cringeworthy scene, where I was just like, "Oh my god!" And then. He's like, so clearly he couldn't see what was going on in there, even though we could see him, and it seemed like it was pretty light. He, like, lights a match to see what's around yeah. him. Um, that was a pretty terrifying scene, him waking up in the box and just, like, trying to pound it as hard as he could to get out. And eventually he does, which is awesome. Because He's trying, <laughs> trying to pound it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I nice. picked up on that. Nice. Said, I was nice. like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to pound it. I didn't mean it like that. as hard as he could. <laughs> it's okay. Trying to pound it. Like ceiling. Like, no, worry. good scene though. Definitely yeah. a good scene. All right, Andrew. What about you, Andy boy? All I could think of when Cat was talking about that, when he was talking about how bad he wants his baby back, was like a Chili's commercial. Baby back ribs. My favorite scene is. Uh, the one where fucking that giant gross sloth monster, because they all look like sloth, is ready to kill Doug. Does look like sloth, yeah. He's got the axe ready on his neck. Yeah. And he stabs him in the foot with a screwdriver like a dickhead, because that's got to be the most painful thing ever. Mm-hmm. And he kills that guy. And then he takes his axe to that big, slug-necked, yeah, yeah. disgusting thing. Yeah. In the wheelchair? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, he doesn't do it to the guy in the wheelchair. He kills, he oh, stabs he, the guy in the foot. Doesn't he stab, doesn't he cut Stabs the guy no. in the foot, and then he jabs the American flag oh, through his, his neck. neck. Yeah. But then he's kills the guy him. in the chair. The guy in the wheelchair him. gets killed by, the dog. by my oh, favorite death. Oh, his neck. We'll get to I that. I forgot about we'll that. We'll get to that. The dog. Way we to fuck it up. We'll get to that. that but actually, good good call right. on the uh, that guy looking like sloth, because he really does. Like a lot. They all look like sloth. Yeah, he really does. I just think it's Goonies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say similar, but I mean, I, I just think the scene where, you know, Doug kind of goes, undergoes his character transformation where he's just this, like, nerdy, timid douchebag that gets made fun of by his father in law. And all of a sudden, he's pretty much the last guy standing, the uh, surrogate father figure, and he's trying to get his baby back. Ribs. And he's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's walking around with. The baseball bat covered in blood with the German Shepherd, those beautiful dogs. And uh, he essentially goes into this town that they constructed for those nuclear sites. And it's full houses filled with the mannequins and, like, the outdoor playgrounds. That's just so fucking creepy. I know that type of stuff probably doesn't exist. But just, like, the imagery of that creeped me the fuck out. And, like, I get chills just, like, thinking about it. That that stuff's out there in the middle of the desert. That goes back to the opening of credits. The opening credits where they had all that stuff where it was all, like, test dummies for the nuclear bombs. Mm -hmm. So that seems very similar to when Michael Bolton finally goes apeshit on the printer. I suppose. Space. And he finally... You are him. you are obsessed with Lincoln. He looks this guy just like a Bolton, yeah, hundred okay. percent with a beard. Does yeah, he does. Yeah, you can see it. You can see it. Meh. It's there. Okay, slightly cool. Uh, anybody have any beefs with the cast? I do for once. So I will. Uh, I will let you guys start. No, do, no, do, you, do you? You, no? you start because you have beef. Oh God, Keep I hate Emily or um, Emily de Ravine. Emily de Ravine. 
the uh, the one the that vagine? plays Claire and Lost. Oh, you hate her. I fucking hate her. Oh, I just feel like she in Lost. She almost ruined the show for me, and I feel like she's ruined herself <laughs> as an actor for me because she was so annoying in Lost. I feel like all I remember her saying was, Charlie, where's my baby, Charlie? Where's my baby, Charlie? And poor Charlie had to listen to her the entire time. Yeah. So uh, any other actress I would have taken over, Emile DeRavine, Emily DeRaven, however the fuck. I thought she was fine. Quote DeRaven. Quote DeRaven never She had a different character. I thought she was fine. Yeah, she kind of played like the hot shot, like younger sister, like I want to be in Cancun on spring break. Like I get that, but like... I just feel like every time I look at her, I think of her in but the But this Lost. was way before Claire, too. Before Ooh, Claire on Was Lost. it, though? This came out in 2006. Lost came out in, like, 2002. No, did yeah. it? I'm going to look it up right now. She was I Claire think... in Lost before she was this girl? I think she was. Really? I think she was. She probably got this movie because she plays of Lost. a much You wouldn't older... go from movie to TV. You'd but go she from plays TV a much movie. older woman in Lost. No, uh, that's not so true. So, Lost, this movie came out in 2006, Lost started in 2004. So, she was in Lost before she was in this. Well, how long was Lost on for, though? Uh, Lost was on from 2004 until 2010, which is about so five years too long. it actually long. overlapped. Okay, so right? what episodes was she on is what you're getting. No, she was no, the main character. I'm looking at it oh, right so now. she was in season one then, She right? was in season one. She started in Lost so in 2004 at the beginning of the yeah. show. And she, so basically she was already a main character in Lost when this movie came out. That's what I mean. She, she overlapped. Yes. That's yes. what so I just she, said. No. She overlapped She got cast in this movie because of Lost. You were saying exactly. the opposite. Exactly, yes. She plays a much younger person in Stop this movie changing than your she tune. plays in Lost. You're I mean, wrong. I, I suppose. Wrong. I guess. Wrong. Whatever. Whatever. She yes, sucks. I understand. I'm, I'm all set. Anyone else have it. any beefs with the cast? Anybody else? Um, I, didn't I mean, really I think could... of it that way. I love I love seeing Ted Levine in movies. He's great. He's awesome. Yeah, I love Teddy. She's I a great big fat person. Anyone? No? Anyone else? Alright, so we'll skip it. I think I'm good. Yeah, I liked, I liked the cast. I thought they were all good. Except the, the brother kind of sucked. I mean, but I think he that's just his character. I actually, I, he did, I didn't mind him too much. He was kind was of a dang... his role. He was Honestly, to, he was his, his, role, his role was to cry over the dog being killed right. and then to uh, pr- kind of protect the family... While the dad you and the father, for, the brother-in-law, go to protect the family, so he kind of did a good job doing, doing that, what they're so. supposed. Yeah, to. I, can't, yeah, I, mean, I can't really. He was, he was all right. I, I mean, yeah. Andrew, do you have a favorite death in this movie? Best death? Mm, best death probably would be um. Uh, let's see. When that, Is it a great big when, fat? When the mom gets shot with the fucking magnum in the chest, gets blown to the back. Yeah. <laughs> She went flying. She went flying back, and she was so annoying. Well, and then she didn't really die. Like, they never showed her, like, Yeah, it took her a long... No, they did. They did show her. She did die, but it took her a long time to die from that shot wound. Remember when she's... She's, like, cold, and she's, she's laying there cold, and Doug's son-in-law talking to her. So she wasn't the mom in uh, Shaun of the Dead? I don't think so. She looks no, like No, I don't think she was. She I mean, no. different, but I she looks, looks like it, a, so she's, she's a British She's lady, a famous actress. She's Kathleen Quinlan. She's but been she in a looks bunch like of Sean, shit. She looks like Sean's uh, mom. So she was in, according to this, she was in Apollo 13. Yeah. She was in The Doors. Uh, probably a lot of other movies. She's in a lot of, like, That's like movies. a movie. That's a, yeah. like a name you see. You're like, okay, I know her name from right. other things. 
Uh, let me see if she did anything else famous here. Nothing recently. Nothing really. I mean, she. I think it was um, American Graffiti she was in, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, but, sure. I mean, that, there was a lot of old... She's been in movies since the 70s, like, when yeah. I looked up her on IMDb. Sure. But, um... Okay. Fair enough. All right, so, Andrew, you liked her getting blasted. And I, I will say, as a person that has recently shot a gun at a range... Uh, it's probably more realistic to what it's like to get shot with a gun than it is the, in the movies. So yeah, because uh, bullet hits you that hard, you're going flying. Catherine, what about you? Best death? Um, I think I have to go with the uh, the dad because he really suffers. Uh, but also, uh, I'm torn because Big Bob. Well, Andrew Andrew already mentioned this, but I really like the death of the American flag and the guy's neck. Yeah, that's like that's a really that's a that's some nice stuff. that's some nice symbolism there. That's a there. pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good death. Yeah, I think that the dad's death is probably the worst because he burned. Oh, he's burned alive. And talk about talk about a horrible way to go. Yeah, Oof. but then even after like when he's clearly like burnt to a crisp, he gets like down from his thing and like they're looking at him and I'm like, dude. He is clearly dead, and they're looking at him as if they could, like, maybe save him or something, but meanwhile, in the trailer, that whole other scene is going on. Like, yeah, so, so I guess I guess if I had to have a retro, uh, like, a retroactive nitpick, because we already did nitpicks, like, that's my biggest one, right? So, obviously... He is definitely it, it dead! Is, it is your dad, and also uh, the main character's father-in-law, so he means a lot to you, and you're seeing him in the most excruciating pain possible up there, and you clearly, you can't save him. There's nothing you can do. Right. And you leave the baby in the and trailer. And two women that are clearly totally no, useless. No, 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 One. It's, it's, uh, no, it's Claire. Claire. Yeah, Claire. We, call her, we call her Claire, Claire. but it's not. She's Claire. Bre- she's Brenda. Claire. She's, Cl- Brenda. she's Claire. Brenda. <laughs> Brenda's the character's name, but she's Claire from Lost. And Lent, what's her but name, But you leave, you leave the baby in there with her. Obviously, you don't know what's going on, but, right. like, Obviously, clearly, somebody set this guy on fire, and you're going to leave the baby? Right. Like, no fucking no. way. Absolutely. Like, I thought that was stupid. But yeah. But because horror movie, it happened. Right. Um, my best death by far, just because as a man that is sensitive to animal deaths in movies. Oh, my God. Seeing beauty killed, and essentially, they show. It's very sad. They show it. Uh, ripped open by these disgusting mutant fucks. Yeah. The surviving dog, Beast, Beauty and Beast, both beautiful German shepherds. Uh, Beast destroys that fucking guy in the wheelchair with the big, they call him Big Brain, that's his name. So, yeah, yeah fuck you, Big Brain. Beast got him. And you don't see it, obviously, but you hear it. Right. Which A is lo- great. Which I actually kind of... That made me happy. I kind of appreciate about this movie is that, like... They imply a lot of the deaths and you can kind of... they it's leave ch- it cheaper. They, but they also leave it to your imagination, like... There's a lot of terrible scenes in this movie that they don't actually show the entire thing. Some things they show. Like, they show when that guy from the gas station's head, when he blows it off. Ooh, like That was They nasty. show the whole yeah. thing. That was actually a really good death, too. That Ooh. was a good death, too. Woo-hoo! Like, and you see his, like, not head there. But, mm. <laughs> like, some things they don't show, which I kind of appreciate, so that you can kind of just make it up in your own head. Ooh. Versus, like, actually showing... Well, it's the old tactic. Yeah. Sometimes what you can imagine is a lot scarier than what you actually see. Because your imagination is scarier than what you can actually visually see. Right. It's also better for the 
people making the movie. It's cheaper. It's easier. Well, Agreed. yeah, but so I mean, that's yeah. why they probably do it. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I guarantee you, better for the budget. With all the gore that was in this movie, if they had the budget to shoot those things, they would have done it. So, well, and they probably that was also the rating thing that Mike was talking about. I'm sure yeah. they cut out a couple of minutes of gore that they may have recorded. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yep. Uh, so I'll start with this one, and we usually talk about haunted attractions. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is ripe for a haunted attraction based on it. This would be perfect because you don't need any extravagant set pieces. You need the houses that have all the mannequins in it, like that type of thing. And you don't need extensive makeup for these people. You just need some mutant-type makeup. You don't have monsters or any kind of, like, large monsters that you need, like, animatronics or puppets for. It would obviously this would work help. perfect. Would it, it, would help. it would help though. if you had a seven-foot dude dressed up as one of those oh, fucking yeah. creatures. Yeah. Well, like, if you, if you have a high-budget haunted attraction, you know, attraction... It's a double thing, but whatever. Uh, but if you have like if you if you're Universal and you're doing Halloween Horror Nights, you could absolutely do The Hills Have Eyes very easily because you can put prosthetics on people's face to make them look like these mutants. You can build those sets to make it look like they're in the desert or in these houses. You could very easily do this, and I think most haunted attractions, even like something like Barrett's or Spooky World that we went to last year, both of which we went to last year. A lot of the time, you are going through attractions that are based on, like, backwoods, cannibalistic, mutant-type things. So it's a trope that's been done a lot. But it would kind of be hard being you in know the what I But if it was based in the Hills Have Eyes, then it could be a little different. But if you're going to do something like that, which a lot of those attractions don't do, is you got to make it as real as possible. So they need to, like, have it in a room, and they pump up the fucking heat where it's, like, 95 degrees well, in there. Yeah. So you're walking through sweating, and you're, like, it's like really 40. uncomfortable. <laughs> and you're, like, yeah. No, like, if, yeah. it's, if it's, like, yeah, the shining maze, so, it should be freezing cold. If it's so, a maze... So, like, so like, uh, like a, a high-end haunted attraction yeah, like they do, do at it. Universal like, Orlando yeah, or Hall- Hollywood, right? Yeah. So they actually do that in the past, and they, they incorporate, like, smells... And temperature into their haunts. So, like for uh, their That's haunts, good. excuse me. So, like for example, so we went to uh, Halloween Horror Nights 21 in Orlando, which was the first vacation that we took when we were dating. And there were two haunted houses that were featured that were supposed to be in the winter. And they blasted the fucking AC. Oh, really? It was like 50 degrees in there because they wanted to simulate winter. But you could turn the heat up. And I also think that they could absolutely. Turn the heat up for that. Like, no doubt. Yeah, if you could do that, that would make it, like, you want to be sweating, you want to be uncomfortable, you're in this situation. Yeah. It makes it a better experience. Like, if if I'm going to go to a fucking, I feel like the people that are going to these haunted attractions want the level to be pushed. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So, okay, so in addition, I I said the smells also. So, uh, a few years ago, Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando and Hollywood did a haunted attraction based on The Exorcist, which is obviously... Tough movie to turn into a haunted live experience, right? But one of the things they did was one room was the pea soup scene. So they actually, they work with a company that generates chemicals that smell like certain things. So in that pea soup room, they had it smell like vomit. And I guess the smell was so strong the first few nights that they actually had to remove it completely or tone it down so people could actually walk through the house because people were so sick by it. They were, like, throwing up at the oh, house. Oh, sure. So, but, yeah, it's, it just shows the level of detail 
if you're going to go level attention level, they pay I'm to the oh my God, if I smelled vomit I would throw up oh I know you're like, you're like that I I would be close but I probably wouldn't but yeah, I know you would I would be. if that was I would, I would have all you got to do with Mike is just squirt mayonnaise somewhere. yeah if it was just squirt mayonnaise all over the room <laughs> I'd be all I'd be done I'd be done mayonnaise house. alright <laughs> Catherine I'll start with you Hellmans who's your MVP oh. of this movie so obviously I want to say the main guy but I also really like Ruby I feel like Ruby's a good good choice. Ruby is my MVP of this movie because she is the she's there from the beginning and you barely see her. She steals like the jacket from the back of their car. She's kind of like their guardian angel a little bit. She kind of is. And but you also don't know like too much about her because like the guy at the gas station is saying like Ruby and like you don't know if she delivered like you don't know if she delivered the thing with the ear last time or not. Like you don't know like Oh, so when, sorry, I'm talking about when they have the duffel bag, like, they just... No, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, At the gas station, it had that ear in, like, the takeout box, and, like, the guy's saying, Ruby, whatever, and you're sitting there, and you're like, well, maybe she's not as good, but maybe she feels bad for this particular group of people? Who knows? Like... Yeah. Uh, either way, she's a child that's being manipulated to do things that she's not supposed to do, so she's not a villain. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Well, no, and at the end... And she, she sacrifices her life. And she saves, yeah. she saves yeah. the baby Absolutely. and Doug, that fucking yes. idiot. I feel like that's the right. clear 1A choice yeah. for the end. Yes. It's gotta be Ruby. So, yep. Good choice. Good yeah. choice. Andrew, what about it's you? It's gotta be Ruby. Gotta be Just Ruby? For that, she saves the baby's lives. If it wasn't for her... That baby dies because Doug's an idiot. It's a baby Doug, and Doug's life because I don't he give was a fuck about, about to, Doug's an idiot. Doug well, should die. Well, they would have both died. Yeah. Well, see, I'm going to argue Doug in this scenario. Because he stepped up. Doug while I agree also. with everything that you said, he took his own destiny into his hands and he said, I'm going to fucking get my baby back and fuck shit up. And he undergoes the most change as a character throughout the entire movie. Yes. Which, if you look at any of the stuff behind the scenes, that that was intentional. They wanted to make him look like a nerd at the beginning of the movie and have him undergo a huge character transformation to kick ass at the end. Which, I mean, seeing him covered in blood, killing people at the end of that movie, pretty fucking badass. Yeah, but all that carrying around the baseball bat, him and the dog, was fucking shit up, was ruined at the end. Because he was yeah. so stupid. Why didn't you just shoot the stupid thing in the head? Yeah. And then Ruby's alive. He's the reason Ruby's dead. Well, well, I was going to say something. It's ruined at the end for something different, which we'll talk about. But, I mean, I just think I just think he, un- like I said, he undergoes the most change. He, he becomes a badass. He, you know, it, it's awesome to watch him kill all those mutants. And especially, oh, my God, the guy with the headgear. When, yeah, he steals the <laughs> axe from him. And it kind of shows, like, the camera view kind of shows, like, pointing up from the guy with the headgear and he just all of a sudden like in his hands like twirls the axe around so that the pick end is facing him like he just twirls it and then right in the fucking face awesome shot awesome 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 stuff and uh i just thought he was great great in that but um so actually you would think this movie kind of ends on a happy note, right? Because you kind of see Doug get back with the baby, one of the dogs, his brother-in-law and his sister-in-law. They're all embracing, but then at the very However, end... However, it goes back to the iconic It's scene. all being viewed through binoculars. Through binoculars, which means it ain't over. So they probably didn't survive, even and though in The Hills Have Eyes 2, which this is a perfect transition into whether or not you would like to see a sequel to this movie, there have been sequels of terrible quality, but I think it's pretty clear that these characters did not survive 
the the events of this first movie. Go ahead. I was going to say, and when I did some of the research behind this, Hills of Eyes 2 only made 35, they made 35 million, I think, which was only half made, of The what, Hills of Eyes 2, the remake was terrible. Sequels never made, do as well made, as the original, it though. Made half, it, shouldn't. No. it made half as much as this movie did on the first weekend. Oof, yeah. So that's yeah. rough. Well... I just think inherently when you catch lightning in a bottle, because if, if if you're remaking a classic horror movie, okay, let's just say, because, okay, Wes Craven's Hills Have Eyes is a great movie. This, I think, is better. But when you catch lightning in a bottle like that, the sequel is never going to be That's as what good. I understand is why do they think, who's in charge? Because any Joe Schmo can tell you, Har- Harvey stop, Weinstein, stop, maybe. stop. While you're ahead. Mm-hmm. You did it. Don't do a remake. Leave the audience come wanting remake more. And I go, Why are you making a remake of this movie? Yeah, or a number two. Like, uh, it's like with Saw. And everyone loved Saw, but 80% of them probably sucked. No, they were pretty good. The first the first few were good. I disagree. I think they all sucked. Well, and you first know what? one was good. I'm going to watch the new one, too. So, I mean, I'm Spirals on board. Spirals of I'm going to watch I'm Well, that's a horror movie with Chris Rock in it. So, who wouldn't watch that? Oh, right. my God. That sounds great. We've talked about it before, but so I guess I would ask you guys. So if they were to do a like a true sequel to the first movie, this this incarnation of Hills Have Eyes with some of these same characters in some sort of iteration, would you be interested or no? Well, first off, they wouldn't be able to do the same family. I don't think. Because they couldn't just like stop where they started. Well, no. Let's say hypothetically the situation is a new family. In the same situation. Let's say, let's say, because this this would be a good idea for a sequel. Let's say there's some journalist or podcaster, true crime podcaster, that wants to go out and interview people in the New Mexico desert about the disappearances in New Mexico, and they're interviewing the surviving characters from the first Hills and Have Eyes movie. The journalist is the baby. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Now see that that would be a concept. That's an idea. I'd be the baby for the first one. My daddy died. Ruby saved me. It's like about that, and then I still wouldn't want to watch that. Right, but I mean, like anytime you get a sequel to a movie where there's none of the original actors from the first movie, it's just it's it's going to be of less quality. I just I don't know. But but yeah, that's what I got on Hills Have Eyes. Guys, maybe see a sequel. You guys have any final thoughts on this movie before we uh, put a bow on this bitch? Um, I'd say if you have not watched it by now, I mean, and you're listening to this, then you should have already watched it. So. If I was a mother, I would never <laughs> breastfeed after watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just Me? a whole other level of fucked up. Yeah. 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 But... Yeah, I would say this movie, honestly, it's on HBO Max right now. If you have HBO Max, go watch it. Um, And I would also recommend watching the Wes Craven original movie, too, because... It's uh, it's almost like a slapstick version of this, in a weird way. You know what I mean? It's different. It's very different. This is... I think this is way scarier, and I think way better. And I think... I think Wes Craven would probably say this is a better version of his movie. Well, because yeah. he was the one that was kind of clamoring for this to be remade. And they only said so. on um, when I read about this, this was his second movie, right? It was early on in his career. Yeah. yeah. It was before he did Nightmare on Elm Street. It was right. before he did Scream, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, that type of stuff. But All right, cool, folks. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for another episode of America's Hometown Horror. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we certainly appreciate anyone that is out there listening 
Uh, but here's where you can find us on social media if you're looking for any more of us. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just go on there, search for America's Hometown Horror. You can certainly find us. Like, subscribe, mash that bell to get new YouTube notifications, and uh, we'll be on there. You can also tweet at us, at Hometown Horror. You can find us on Instagram, at Hometown Horror Pod. And you can shoot us an email at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find our show pretty much anywhere that you get your podcasts, but specifically on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may listen to your shows. My name is Mike. I am your host, and I have been joined by my co-hosts, Andrew and Kat. Say goodbye to your listeners, folks. Adios, muchachos. Bye. Laters. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror, and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show, because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.